podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football. We're within a week of the NFL draft, and uh, our next show, we're going to do our final mock draft of the season. That'll be a great show, fun show uh, this week for that. Right now in this episode, we're going to talk about um, how we feel about our current roster heading into the draft. We're going to look at uh, ranking team positional needs um, and uh, based on uh, on those position groups, and maybe what we could do to uh, have a, a signing or two right before the draft to kind of solidify uh, some some weaker position groups. Keith, welcome in. Yeah, it's something that uh, John Snyder tends to do uh, every year is right before the draft, uh, sometimes the morning of the uh, day one of the draft, uh, they sign two or three players to veteran men deals. Um, and the idea is they're just draft hedges. They're like, Hey, if this draft gets away from us and we don't get that middle linebacker, we feel we need here is a very low cost vet that can, can be there. And these are non-guaranteed contracts and, um, they're really just like, Hey, if, if we need a player, here's a player, um, on a vet men deal. And if they, um, if the CX do get the player they want in the draft, well then, you know, they, some point between now and training camp or during training camp, um, these guys get cut, but, uh, just getting yeah, so this flexibility. Is, is this is not just like, Oh, we're going to sign you. And then next week we're going to cut you after we draft the guy in that same position group. This is, you know, Seahawks, let's be honest, have 53 players under contract right now as they head into the draft. Yeah, I know. That's, that's a little light. They normally would have anywhere between probably 60 and 70 players under contract. It doesn't mean they're going to make the club they're going to go into training camp with a 90 man roster. Mm -hmm. So what that means is, uh, at 53, you take a look at the draft currently have 10, uh, picks in the draft plus undrafted rookie free agents. Uh, they've got a lot of young people that are going to be brought in, you know, Mm -hmm. almost 40, um, to, uh, take part in training camp. And I, you know, they may, uh, depending on how they manipulate the cap, want to leverage some players out there uh, to add at least a little bit more veteran uh, presence as they go through camp. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it, to me, it's fascinating that they've kind of gone in to this point in the off season with only 53 players under contract. And that has a lot to do with uh, where they're at with the salary cap for sure. Yeah. I mean, ten, they tend to go in at this point, like you said, being around 70 players, um, 75 players. Sometimes they, 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 you know, they, they draft their guys and then um, they sign a bunch of undrafted free agents. And then they, in order to sign their draft picks, they start cutting uh, guys that have been around the practice squad for a few years, but never made the team. You know what I mean? Uh, the Cody Thompson's of the world. Yeah. Um, 
And they start cutting guys like that in order to add their actual draft picks to the roster. This year, they're going to be able to put all their draft picks and all their um, undrafted free agents on the roster and still have space. Uh, the idea that they're going to have 37 rookies um, added to the roster in the next couple of weeks is insane. That's like, It is. It's crazy. It's exciting, but it's insane. It's also, also think about all of the um, the the guys that are going to be second year players that are on the roster too, because last year's draft was a great one. Um, and it has just a lot of, um, a lot of unknown with the roster still. Yeah. Well, I know just like, um, you, I've done, you know, several mocks and it's exciting because I think we can come out of the draft with at least seven or eight impact players. And what I mean by that is guys that are either going to be starters on this roster or guys that are going to have uh, heavy rotation minutes. Uh, to contribute and so that part's exciting the part that's unknown that you're talking about obviously in training camp uh is is a, just a whole bunch of guys competing that don't have really any experience a lot of undrafted rookie free agents priority guys uh that they want um now that's fine hopefully we can find some diamonds in the rough and all that kind of stuff i would imagine after this draft this can be very active for john schneider on the uh, priority free agent market because um undrafted guys because uh, they do need to fill out that um, that 90-man deal. And mm-hmm. uh, what we're going to try to talk about in this show is, okay, uh, where are we the weakest in our position groups and what are some of the players that are currently out there in the free agent market that we could bring in? Obviously not a lot of money to spend, um, so maybe we're not going to talk about you know some of the bigger free agents that are still out there, but guys that kind of round this roster out a little bit and help um, mitigate some of the some of the youth and inexperience yeah so we were going to rank the uh the position groups by need and my first one i'll just start is the defensive line just we we, we are lacking defensive line starters and depth now one of the things i wanted to talk to you about prior to kind of get, getting into this conversation is uh rumors are, are out there and, and they're not necessarily rumors um, they kind of came for Richard Sherman's show and and um, uh, and Diggs's comment that um, Quandre Diggs had mentioned on Richard Sherman's podcast, and Richard Sherman let out the idea that um, they were going to have a scheme realignment um, potentially mm-hmm. on um, on this defense, and uh, I think he he said something like. Pete's going to go back to the old, the old scheme, and that's kind of raising eyebrows right this time of the year because the roster's already been kind of manipulated a little bit in the off season, and we're heading into the draft. And that, if if true, would completely realign the thinking going into the draft and what they still need right now as far as what's existing on the roster. What are your thoughts on that? Oh man, that that's. Um... Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. Um, I haven't kind of been watching for anything like that. I've been been really uh, tuned into draft stuff um, for the last couple of weeks. So um, it's possible that, um, you know, we have, um, you know, I just missed it. But that that weird, that's so weird because you look at, guy, at what they've done, um, like on the defensive line and the fact that they've got so few defensive linemen on the roster yes. at the moment and they went and they 
they cut guys, um, you know, that might have fit better into the old scheme um, and brought in guys that, yeah, right. you know. Right now, know. you look at the roster, Keith, there's two there's two starter level players between defensive tackle and defensive end on this roster. Um, Brian Monet is is hurt, and he's not really, a, you know, an NFL caliber starter. caliber starter. We've got Dre Jones, Jerron Reed, and then we've got Miles Adams. Again, another kind of back-end rotational piece, a replacement-level player. And so we've literally got two guys. And, you know, when it comes time to uh, to put a 53-man roster on the field, you can have nine guys, nine or ten, combined between defensive tackle and defensive end on this roster. And well, so of, we're missing if, seven players that are going to make this roster on our defensive line right now. If they go back to a 4-3, then you have to start accounting for um, guys like Daryl Taylor, Alton um, Robinson. True, um, that's true. Yeah, uh, true. As being on that that list too. Um, yes, Alton Robinson, Tariq, Tariq, uh, Tariq Smith, uh, Boy Mafia, they would be counted towards the defensive end. That's that's true. So, but there, but those are you know defensive end, and then you're basically you're saying that. Um, Jones and Reed are going to be, um, you know, three techs, maybe the five tech against the yes. run as you split Jones out there, but you're still missing a nose. Um, you I know. would have to imagine Keith, they, they can't be waffling this like this back and forth. I would still think that they would do some sort of a hybrid, uh, front, uh, where they would do, you know, combo multiple, mm-hmm. um, fronts and they, but they would lean towards what they're, what they do well. Uh, what they didn't do very much last year was was get after the quarterback and and be aggressive, not just hold the point of attack, which is kind of that three four mentality where you're asking guys to two gap, basically hold a spot, and allow your um, ath- athletic uh, linebackers and safeties to do the do the trick on on making tackles and so forth. But um, yeah, I just found that very interesting. I would highly suggest you kind of check that out a little bit because there's like the the talk the chatter right now around what what they're going to do and the draft has completely changed um and i don't know it just seems kind of weird that it would come out out of richard sherman um and he's very well connected as as everyone knows um and it's just it fascinates me yeah okay. and it might it might be when he says um you know a, a realignment and going back to the old system that might have more to do with coverage than it does the front seven um, yes, I mean he was talking to Diggs, obviously. Yeah, he was talking to Diggs, and he himself is, um, you know, a cornerback. So, what they did last year, you know, as far as coverage, is they went away from their cover three, which they've done since, which you know, since Pete Carroll came to town, and maybe they're going to go back and and play more cover three, less cover two, mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe that's what he's talking about, not you know a complete realignment of the front. It's, um, it's very possible. Yeah. But still, okay. they still need, no matter which one they go, they still need defensive linemen. And that was your point. And that is absolutely correct. That is the number one need on this team is defensive linemen. They need to get at least two high quality, either starters or uh, large minute uh, rotational guys out of this draft. I think so. There's a there's a few players that Seattle's already had on their in their system, 
that we could look at. Al Woods uh, comes to mind first. Puna Ford, obviously, is still out there. Both of them are still out there, which surprises me. Frank Clark is another player that we might be able to get on a low-cost uh, low one-year deal to come in and, and play in this system. Um, I would almost anticipate that, that Frank Clark would end up being on this roster again um, just because of familiarity. And at this point in free agency, uh, he's not going to get a contract. He's not going to get a big contract. He's going to come in on a one-year deal. You know, hopefully it's 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 going to be more than veteran minimum, but it's not going to be over three or four thousand or four million dollars on a one-year deal. I I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I don't know if he'd come in though, because if you're a guy that's used to making fourteen million a year, but who uh, else is going to give him that? Maybe nobody. Maybe you sit a year or maybe you like basically wait it out and you go, you know what? I'm here. I'm in shape. Somebody's going to get hurt. You're going to need me. I'll come in and help you out. Um, and, and hope that a team, you know, offers him that I've seen guys do it before. So have you, and it's worked out for him. So if he's not getting the contract he wants, that just means that there isn't the need, but that doesn't mean that they won't, he won't get it. He'll just get it later. Probably the one guy that I would really like to uh, have them look at that that uh, hasn't been affiliated with the Seahawks before is Ashawn Robinson. Ashawn Robinson's sitting out there. He's kind of a run-stuffing defensive tackle uh, type. Mm-hmm. And I think he would be an, a really good fit to kind of uh, a younger version of Al Woods, if you will. Yeah. And, he'd, he'd be um, a great nose if they could get him to come in on a reasonable contract, you know, $2 million. Um to come in for on a one-year deal basically it's like hey come in you know rebuild your um your value and um hit free agency again next year and hopefully get a bigger contract agreed so yeah there's other guys obviously chris wormley's out there Dwayne uh smoot um jadavian clowney um i wouldn't personally be interested in that he just gets hurt too too much Mm -hmm. um so anyway, there's there's some guys, but it seems very likely based on who's available out there, how much money we've got to spend, we might get one of those guys. Al Woods might come back, or or Puna, or Frank on a on a little deal. Um, but it seems likely that we're going to draft at least two defensive linemen, and I'm talking like defensive tackle types out of this draft. Now, edge wise, the the list of players we have on the current roster is pretty much. If we went into the season with that, I think we'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think we're going to end up drafting an edge guy uh, in the draft, but you never have enough pass rushers. It, it, yeah, but it's it's le- it's down the list on on priorities now. If a guy like um, you know in the draft, Anderson's available. Obviously, at at five, I think the team would probably jump on that. But um, otherwise, they may wait a little bit in the draft to get a guy that's uh, a back end guy. Um, how Wait. about you on the second? Go ahead. I was. I read a um, a um, thing saying that basically um, Malik McDowell is causing the Seahawks to um, seriously doubt uh, Carter at five, and and making them very apprehensive of making that pick, which does not surprise me at all, uh, given what happened with Malik McDowell. And this is a top five pick. You can't afford to. Um, you know, completely screw it up and get nothing from it like they did um, in the past. So, well, I'll, I'll say this on that: um, th- those two things are completely unrelated, but they have talked 
quite a bit in the last two or three years about character and about um, that being a, a, a larger factor in their evaluation process. And they've really done quite a bit of work on, on the psychology aspect of the game, the interview process, the history of players, the, the, the adversity and, and grit and, and all that kind of stuff come into play. Um, and you're right. If, if they've done all their homework and they've come to the conclusion that they can bring him into the, into the fold and, um, and have him in the system because he's the best player available and he probably will be on their, you know, if, but if he's on their board still and they've done that homework and they're comfortable, I'm, I'm comfortable. As far as pure athletic talent and ability and just put it all out there. He's the best player in the draft. He is legitimately the number one player uh, and should be the number one player on any big board. That's not, um, you know, positional value centric, which is what, you know, I mean, that's why you see quarterbacks at the top, but the quarterbacks aren't as good. Um, They're not going to make the impact in year one that, that Carter will. Um, He's worth the risk, but at the same time, maybe the Seahawks are like, no character is important. Look at last year. Last year, they had one of the best draft classes of any team in the last decade. Uh, all high character guys. Now, let me ask you this. Based on what we've got on the roster right now with Dre Jones and Jerron Reed, essentially play his position. Those are the two, the, the two starters we've got on the entire roster at defensive and defensive tackle if we stay in a 3-4. How does that impact the, the need equation Part, a part of the draft for the Seahawks? Um, I don't think it does. I think that you can set get yourself in a situation where you can get all these guys on the field. Um, and, okay, so you go light at nose tackle. Fine. Um, you know, John, John Reed's not a um, not the nose tackle that this team would probably desire as a starter but he did play nose tackle for the CX for a couple of years his first couple of years with the team he can do the job and so going light a little bit there in order to get a special player on the field you just do it I think as well getting Carter at five if that happens does not preclude the team from getting a Mozzie Smith at 20 or tw- mm-hmm. backing up to 25 and, and pulling the trigger on that or a guy like Ika uh, out there at, at a true nose tackle, three four nose tackle at, at three hundred and almost forty pounds, um, it doesn't preclude them from from getting another guy. Okay, what on your list is next as far as priority needs? Um, so it, this one was a little like okay, the first one easy done. Um, my brain went to to um, inside linebacker because I'm like, oh my god, they desperately need help there. But they've got two, they've got the two guys they believe are starters. Um, and so I went the other direction and went with um, the interior of the offensive line. I yes, did same, same. Um, yes, they've got their um, their five starters on on the the line, and and they've got a little bit of flexibility. But the truth is, they need a center, they need a guard, and they need them. They need good players that can come in. Maybe not week one, but at some point this season, be ready to be starters. Uh, and by next season, be starters. They need guys, and at the they are not going to be able to just sign guys. There's just not the the um, 
not the quality out there. Um, so yeah. I was look, looking for for guys that you know they might be able to sign. Um, there's a couple of guys that I'm surprised are still unsigned, um, but I don't think they have the cap room to to go get an uh, AJ can. Yeah. Um, and you know I would love to see Justin Britt come back on a on a one year prove it deal. He only played six percent of the snaps last. Is he year still? He's not still injury. out there, is he? Yeah, he is. I he thought he was re-signed by somebody. Well, um, the over the cap does not have him. They've got him still as an unsigned player. Oh, okay. so, maybe they um, haven't signed the contract yet or something like that. But I thought he he re he he didn't go back, but he mm-hmm. he went somewhere else. You know, yeah, like that. You mentioned Gabe Jackson's still out there. Um, Gabe Jackson, I know that they cut him, and he was going to make nine ten million dollars this year but now he's still sitting out there he's definitely a hedge guy for a team i don't uh, know maybe. if, if they if he would come after being cut because yeah, he was too expensive right. um he would come back on a on a one-year non-guaranteed deal yeah three million dollars uh, yeah, or right. even less i would i would say one less. and a half maybe you know just under two um i just don't see that happening I mean, if he's a humble guy, maybe. If he's not, he's got some pride. Maybe that doesn't. Yeah. If you if you're going to sign that deal, you sign it with a new team. You don't sign it with the team that just cut you and said you're not worth it. You, I know that's that's tough, but you, you never. Know. And basically, you're signing it to prove yourself to someone else. Um, there, you know, a guy like um, Dalton Risner, um, mm-hmm. the left guard from the Broncos, would um, be a good hedge to come in and be that third. Um, that swing guard, if you don't get one in the draft, um, uh, I'd like to see, you know, that move done. Cause I think that could be done fairly cheap. Most of um, the time, Keith, like, uh, you know, some of these guys, not all these guys are going to be signed obviously, but after the draft, when teams don't, aren't successful in mm-hmm. getting a starter level player out of the draft at a position of need, that's when these guys can kind of come into play Dalton Risner. Yeah. Some of these guys, but see, if you're, a, if you are a an agent for these guys you're looking at okay right now um you know there's 10 teams that are looking for a guard uh on sunday once the draft is over there might be two teams looking for a guard true so you what you're getting as far as offers and all of that it just disappeared there's there's nothing left money wise so you got to be careful true and um whether it's guaranteed or unguaranteed comes into play as well. They might end up with a small little guarantee prior to the draft. After the draft is probably going to be unguaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Connor McGovern's out there center. Um, he doesn't have great pro football focus grades or anything like that. It'd just be a filler piece for me. How about your next position group that you think needs attention? You mentioned linebackers. I do have linebacker depth on, on my list, but it's down just a, a little bit further. Yeah, see, linebacker was my next one, but I think you're going to go wide receiver. Is that right? I, I have a wide receiver number three. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about that because they've got their two starters. They've got a couple of young guys they like. Um, Tariq Young comes to mind as being the number three guy, and they still are trying to get something out of Dwayne Eskridge, which I just have no hope for at this point. If he gives us something, then I will be ecstatic, but... um you know, yeah. at this point, I'm not counting on it, but, but there's not anything else. It's a, it is a, it, it is an Eric empty Hubbard. room and there yeah. should be 10, 10 guys yeah, right. on this roster. Absolutely. And there will be after the draft and after 
you know, rookie free agents are signed. Mm-hmm. Um, but but a lot of young guys, you know. Uh, that's why it would not surprise me, Keith, in this draft, if the one of the first five picks in this draft is a wide receiver. Because yeah. they need a guy, not only just a guy, they need a guy to come in and maybe uh, not only make the roster, but but really have an opportunity to work into that third role because Derek Young's not proven. Now, there's a lot of promise there. The Eskridge, unproven. We just don't know if he's going to get out of training camp as far as being healthy. Um, they need a guy. They really mm-hmm. do. And so it wouldn't surprise me if one of those five picks is is used on a guy. They can really come in and have an immediate impact because if you get somebody in the fourth, fifth round, there's no guarantees at all. There's no guarantees in the draft anyway, but you have better opportunities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, same thing. And there's there's a few guys out there. Uh, I wouldn't want any any three of the guys that I had on my list here as far as free agents, uh, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Galladay, and Julio Jones are the three kind of impact wide receivers still out there on the, on the market. And none of those guys to me are even now, uh, we, last year we had Marquise Goodwin yeah. came in, you know, a late uh, contract last year is kind of a hedge ended mm-hmm. up playing significant minutes and had a pretty decent uh, year. Uh, I'm, I'm just not anticipating Seattle hedging this position before the draft. I actually, before the draft, I don't know, because there's, there's enough guys out there that I think they can get away with not doing so. Um, a guy like Laquan uh, Treadwell, who was with the team last year, um, you know, and played on, on one of those non-guaranteed, you know, just over a million dollar de- uh, kind of deals um, is a guy that would fit that same contract, same role um, to be that fifth receiver type of thing. Um, and I could see them doing that. Um, other than that, I mean, it does get hard to find a, um, you know, a great fit as far as all I, I of think, goes. You know, I think Seattle missed the boat a little bit. This is one of the positions I think they probably should have, you know, in the first couple of weeks of free agency, waited for the, you know, the second tier market to to open up a little bit and kind of pull the guy in um, mm-hmm. to, to fill that. Uh, role because it's going to be important this team does lack that and have for for a few years that really steady third presence um third option uh for geno smith is going to be important now they've got a pretty decent tight end group and um but but you take a look at running backs and running backs the next on my list you take a look at running backs there's really nobody on the roster that's helping you out in the passing game for Seattle either. You've got Ken, Ken Walker and DJ Dallas. That's it. They, they, they jettisoned uh, Th- Thompson, their third guy that was probably going to be a practice squad guy. Any Darwin Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's only two running backs on this roster, period. There's no young guys, no guys that are thinking about practice squad guys. There's nothing. And, and nobody, you know, DJ Dallas is okay out of the backfield uh, catching passes. And, you know, he's really not a number two guy that you'd prefer to have on your roster and so i think like running back would be a, a position that they might sign somebody right before the draft like a leonard Fournette or kareem hunt i understand I had some inside knowledge by the way i need to share with you on uh kareem hunt and a couple other uh prospects and an interesting run into last night um at a party uh that that's uh, football related but ezekiel elliott daryl henderson miles gaskin uh Kenyon Drake are, are names out there 
that could come in as hedges that if you know it didn't work out in the draft you could have one of those guys make the roster and go into the year as the number two or number three back yeah, but a lot of those guys that you named are guys they're they're sitting there thinking they're gonna make a boatload of money and, and, are they, and there's no money are they going to come in for a non-guaranteed you know 1.2 million dollar contract i don't know i would say um uh jarek mckinnon who spent last year with the chiefs um on a non-guaranteed 1.2 million dollar contract is a guy that uh i think is more likely to come in i guess Kenyon drake was on a contract like that last year um after yeah Henderson, Not. I think, would be nobody's going to really think Henderson would be the first choice on this list, but he played in this offense, and and he's a guy that they might consider. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's. It's odd to uh, to me that they're going into the draft with such an unfilled roster. Um, right, I, just, I can't. Right. Um, this could have been number one on the list if you really think about it. Now, I know people say that analytics guys running backs don't matter, et cetera, et cetera. But if you take a really look, just a, a, a genuine look at the roster, this is the weakest position group on the team. It's, it's, it's almost the same as the defensive tackle spot, Ken Walker, DJ Dallas, that's it, mm-hmm. you know, and this team's going to go into the season with four running backs on the roster. Um, obviously those two are going to be there, but there's two guys we don't even know about right now. They're going to make this team at the running back spot and we don't know if they're going to be quality guys or guys that are just rookies that don't that, that don't know anything yet um so we'll we'll see i would again wide receiver position i said first five picks in the draft it wouldn't surprise me if the seahawks also use a a higher pick on a running back out of this draft just because of the weakness of the existing roster yeah i mean i think the fact if both of those positions with wide receiver and running back the fact that you've got your your top right You've got the the CX have two of the top 20 receivers in uh, the NFL on their roster. They've got um, one of the better running backs in the NFL on their roster. I think that pushes the need down a little bit compared to the defensive line where they don't even have a nose tackle on the roster. Um, That's an NFL caliber player. So I'll give you that. um, But at the same time, you have to have depth. If you don't have depth, you're, you're not going anywhere in this league. You've got to have other guys. So let's uh, talk about linebackers. Yeah. Okay. So based on what we talked about early in this show with regards to possibly schemes, you know, we could have a, a completely different conversation, but let's just kind of go with um, what what we were thinking we were going to head into this season needing and what we currently have. Uh, we're, we're seemingly pretty good as far as starters are concerned. We got Bobby Wagner. Devin Bush, Jordan Brooks on IR. Indications are he could be ready closer to the beginning of the season rather than the middle of the season. But just for um, this sake, we'll say he's not going to be ready. Uh, so, but we've got our two starters, quote unquote. But there's really very little depth as far as the middle of the mm-hmm. of the defense on on at the linebacker spot. Now, as far as rush linebackers, outside linebackers in a three four scheme, uh, we're pretty decent. Um, as far as the initial depth is concerned. So let's just talk about the two di- the, the differences in those two position groups within that larger group and where we stand. Well, yeah, because you want guys like Boye Mafe on the outside that can rush the quarterback up on, or on the outside, but also uh, play against the run, drop back into coverage against running backs and tight ends and do those kind of things. In the middle, um, 
you don't really care if they can rush the quarterback. I mean, you, you're going to blitz them occasionally, but that's not where they make their money. They are run stuffers. They are guys that um, read, react, get up, make plays at the line of uh, at the line of scrimmage. They are the guys that chase down opposing mobile quarterback. They're um, you know covering in the middle of the field in the zones in there. Uh, they're just completely different skill sets as far as what you're asking um, guys to do. And so there's not a ton of overlap in terms of, oh, well, if somebody gets hurt, you just move this player over and, and you know, bring in another guy. Um, unlike in when they were a 3-4, or sorry, when they were a 4-3, you could do a little bit of that, right? You could, uh, Bobby Wagner would get hurt and they'd bring in, um, you know, KJ Wright from the, the weak side to the to the center and, and just plug away. Um, you can't really do that in a in a three four you just have different skill sets and they're good on the outside they've got a lot of those edge guys but they need help in the middle and i think that is where um you know they signed a couple of guys and they have um brooks who at midseason will be back but there that's the end of the depth chart unless you count uh like john radigan who's hung out yeah. hung around this team because they, they really like they, what he brings. They do he like was him. On, he was on IR all last year. So yeah. we'll see. And, and spent twice on like. IR. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's why I think in the draft um, that, that somebody like Drew Sanders from Arkansas kind of comes to mind as, as, as a guy that could come in and play in the middle for them. Mm -hmm. But he's also scheme diverse enough where he's a very good kind of edge guy as well, an outside linebacker. He's kind of a hybrid linebacker, if you will. He's 235 pounds, 6'4". So he's got decent length. Um, he's an average size guy to be a, a middle linebacker and a little light on the edge. But as far as scheme wise concerned, if you're if you're worrying about roster spots, a guy like that makes a little bit of sense where he could go help you inside if if Devin Bush falls back a little bit or Bobby Wagner's nicked up, Jordan Brooks isn't going to be back initially. You can pl plug and play a guy like that rotation wise in the middle, and then when Jordan Brooks comes back, you've still got Devin Bush guy like uh sanders could could move around a little bit for you on a, on a defense and still get snaps um mm -hmm. but but the the linebacker uh free agent market you know there's some names out there a lot of guys on the edge uh marcus golden leonard floyd yannick trey flowers justin houston carlos dunlap still out there robert quinn but then you've got guys like anthony barr rashawn evans Quan alexander still out there too so there is a few a few guys there probably guys you could bring in for under $3 million. I look um, at, I look at, uh, Jalen Smith, um, Jalen Smith, who's, yep. you know, played on a, on a $1 million non-guaranteed deal last year and, um, played 55% of the snaps for the giants and is still a good player. Um, a guy that you got, uh, that people may remember from Seattle, um, KPL, Kevin Pierre Lewis is out there. Um, as a potential guy that has some speed and, and um, can make some plays and stuff and be a special teams player plus, you know, backup uh, perhaps. And so there, there's some, some non names that I think would be in play for Seattle that haven't have, would have a potential to come in and, and make an impact um, even if they're, you know, not guys that you're, you're going to keep around long-term, like, you know, multiple years or anything, but they could come in and, and really help you out in this one year. Um, I think you mentioned Rashawn Evans. That's kind of the guy that I would look at and be like, if we could get him in, that would be kind of cool. Um, but overall, yeah, yeah this, I mean, it, it's a position 
group of need for Seattle. And there's enough guys out there that I think that they can wait until after the draft and the need for guaranteed money goes to zero. And um, that guys are just trying to get on a roster. So the next position for me was safety. And it's not a huge position. Obviously, now we're down to the sixth position group that I'm listing here. But the reason that I brought that up uh, now is that after um, Quandary Diggs and Julian Love, um, we really don't have a lot. We've got um, Jamal Adams, obviously. Uh, and it sounds like he's going to be ready for, but he's, he hasn't even finished a season with the Seahawks yet. Uh, three seasons in, every year has been impacted by injury. Obviously, the first season was was really decent. Uh, but the last two, uh, he's barely seen the field. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Neal's off. Uh, we've got Joey Blount possibly coming back uh, and making this roster. Uh, but it seems like there's a there's a spot. Um, and when you take a look at the cornerback room, uh, there's possibly a spot for kind of a hybrid kind of safety. Um, a guy that can play on the back end with digs, uh, dropping back into a two high safety looks, and a guy that can come up and play the slot a little bit. And uh, Julian Love, prior to this uh, show, I went out and watched some Julian Love highlights just because I've wanted to familiarize myself with just what an impact that he can make. I really like Julian Love as a player, uh, but but really we've only got two starter level players on this roster. Well, two uh, and and then uh, Devonte Adams, who's kind of the wild card because. He's still Jamal a two- Adams. Oh, sorry, what did I say? Um, um, <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I've got a, a list of 100 names in front of me, so I'll use that as, <laughs> as my excuse and not that I'm, um, you know, having troubles this morning. Uh, but no, we, you've got, he's a two-time All-Pro, right? So I think that that is why he's still on the roster and hasn't been cut. Um, but are you going to get the two time all pro or are you going to get the guy that made $18 million to, to not play last year? Um, and that, that's, that's the issue. That's the problem. Um, but I started looking around at the, um, the free agent market and um, there's some interesting guys out there um, that I would consider um, Nasir Adderley, who was with the chargers last year um, would be a guy that I think you could get, on you know that the same the kind of contract that we're talking about the um one year non-guaranteed just over a million dollars you know miller uh minimum salary benefit um contract and you know there like i said he's a guy that was on there um uh ronnie harrison who was with the browns last year um rodney mccloyd who was with the colts um kareem jackson who was with broncos there's just guys that are out there. Nasir Adderley, I think I already said. Yeah, Adrian um, Amos, uh, which has uh, played in this game before with true, the Chicago he's all, Bears. He's a guy that that play, pay, got paid a lot of money last year and had a major drop-off in the quality of his play. And, he, and, he, and you know, and so, he's still out there. So, yep. John Johnson, another player mm-hmm. that has also played uh, in this uh, scheme, um, well, in this type of defense anyway. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a huge priority. I was just going to throw it out there uh, as as possible, only because of your idea, too, the cover three uh, change. They may want an extra uh, defensive back uh, on this roster this year, Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to an extra linebacker. 
Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Well, and the last one that I they, had on the they group need was both. That's true. <laughs> the last uh, group was corner. Um, and the only reason that I brought this up, is, and I put specifically corner upgrade, and the question mark for me was, <clears throat> is the team completely satisfied with the the level of play of Mike Jackson, or would they consider upgrading this position, not necessarily as a hedge, but possibly in the draft? Um, at, at that spot. And I just thought it was interesting, but overall our, the room isn't horrible. Obviously Tariq Woolen, Mike Jackson, Trey Brown, Kobe Bryant. Um, you could, you could even add Julian love in there because Julian Love's going to play all over the place mm-hmm. and he's going to play a lot of, uh, you know, covering the slot, uh, in the, for this team compete there with Kobe Bryant. Um, those guys are going to be back and forth. And then Trey Brown obviously is, is kind of a guy that you can plug in on the outside as well as coming in on the inside. So they're they're pretty well covered, uh, mm-hmm. but I was just thinking they're they're going to add one more guy to this group, whether that's in the draft I would anticipate, or or a hedge type player. Um, anybody else out there attractive to you? I mean, um, he wouldn't come back to Seattle, and they can't afford him. But it is interesting to me that um, uh, Shaq Griffin is out there available. Yeah, um, yeah having that's, that's a that's a fall for him. I. I, I kind of feel bad for him, but you know what? It just hasn't shown up on the field for him. Well, he signed a massive contract with the Jaguars and they do this because they're so bad. They're, they're, they're so like not talented yes. and, and everything. They, they keep signing guys to, to well above market um, contracts in order to get them in the building. And then they don't make it through that contract. And um, that's just where he's at i mean he is a guy that um, he's still young he's, he's played for he's, pete i mean they like him oh he yeah. just wasn't worth the contract that he would signed when he left the building he was like 13 million a year and and he was more of an eight million dollar guy you know and then it dropped off even a little bit more since since he left mm-hmm. and now he's looking at probably a one-year deal prove it the yeah. 2.5 million dollars on a back end kind of a roster filler spot that's where he's at and so it's Maybe it is a thing where Seattle brings him in, but at the same time, he wasn't that good when he was here. He, um, you know, he was he was good. Uh, I would he was say solid, that. but but was he any he, better than Mike Jackson? See, I, I, like Mike Jackson I don't better. I don't have a problem with Mike Jackson. You keep bringing up. Uh, well, I do him. only because I think coverage skill wise, he's not the greatest coverage guy now. Coming up and and making tackles as a corner, which Pete values. He's a great physical cornerback as far as a guy that can come up and make plays uh, and tackling. And that's really important as a, as a corner. He does that well. Both if, both he and Willard are more, excellent at that. If they make go to more cover three, then he actually has the skills to be outstanding. I agree that. And, and I agree so with that. I, I, I am not so quick to replace him, especially when, okay, let's say he has a, I mean, it's not really a sophomore because he's been around longer than that. But it's like as a second year as a starter, he has a little bit of a sophomore slump. Well, I gotta um, ask you: you've this, got Keith, plenty of guys only, on the roster that could cover for him. He's only a one-year guy, though. So he's, you know, he's had uh, last year was a one-year contract. This year is a one-year contract. If the team really believed that and believed in him, would they? You know, I know that he's a restricted guy. That's an easy way to manipulate money and contracts for the team. I get that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like they're any in any hurry to extend him or anything like that. He's not at that level yet. Yeah. There were, I mean, a year ago he had barely, he'd played like one and a half games um, and did well, but it was one and a half games. And then he got hurt. There was no reason to sign him at all. 
um, to anything more. And plus, he was an ex ex exclusive rights free agent. So you sign him to a one year um, deal at the absolute minimum and you roll with it. Um, yeah, as a he was a restricted guy this year. Um, and so it's a, like you said, it's a, an easy way to manipulate, you know, the cap and that kind of stuff. But I, I just don't like this team doesn't do a lot of, oh, well, he could be a restricted guy, but we need to sign into this big contract early. Yeah, they just, that's true. They just don't feel like they need to. Um, and it's honestly, it's smart play with the um, salary cap not to. Now, next year, you, they'll have a choice to make. Do they want to pay him or do they want to turn his spot over to the um, Kobe Bryant, you know, Trey Brown or whatever rookie they draft this year? Um, or the, But there's options and the, there being options means he's probably not going to make that much money here in Seattle. If he's going to make money, it's going to be elsewhere. So the final, final conversation point in this show is the long snapper position. <laughs> I knew We you were currently do don't have a long snapper on this roster, Keith. And quite frankly, <sighs> I'm not sleeping well at night thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler Ott, um, who is, has been the guy then last year got hurt, didn't play. Carson Tinker came in um, and you wouldn't have known there was a difference because I mean, that's, that's the best thing you can say about a long snapper is that you don't know. Um, yeah. You don't, you don't notice them. If you don't notice them, that means they're not screwing up. And so um, either of those guys have, will be back maybe both of them for the start of training camp and then they'll fight it out and, one of them will win and the other one will stay in town in case the other one gets hurt. Cause there's not a lot of jobs out there for long snappers anyway. Um, but yeah, it, I'm, I'm, I am not as concerned with you as you are about, you know, this, I'm not losing sleep over a long snapper. Um, so well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think one of those guys is going to be back. Both those guys are sitting out there still. Um, Tyler Ott's had a little bit of activity as far as meeting with some teams, but you know, prior to the draft, nobody's really concerned about this situation. They could find a guy nobody, undrafted rookie free agent to come in and yeah, nobody's uh, drafting a long snapper for, either. So <clears throat> yeah, correct. Yes. Unless he's an all world special How, teamer, like, a like, a you know, the, one of the fastest guys in the field or whatever, which is unlikely. Um, or he plays a second position or something like that, but yeah, if he's one no, of the fastest guys on the field. Um, he's, he's a long snapper and then can get downfield and cover because he's got a ton of speed. Then he's going to be a linebacker or a safety and he's going to have a chance to make the roster, um, <laughs> you know, at one of those positions. So, um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's it. I mean, the roster's not as, um, as developed this time of the year as I wish it was. Uh, but here we are, we're out of money. Uh, we're heading into the draft with 10 picks um we'll we'll see how that goes i think they feel comfortable heading into the draft with the roster that they've got obviously because they're not you know signing some of these guys ahead of time uh they would have to manipulate uh the salary cap a little bit to kind of do that um it, it doesn't really count right now anyway but they kind of want to stay at least within the the margins of of being able to do that so um any final thoughts um no, I think um I think yeah, it's like I said, it's it's weird that they don't have more people um on the roster, but that just is what it is. It is. I think we'll be okay. 
I think we're going to go into this season okay. I mean, most of the guys that are currently on the roster, there's 53. I think most of those guys end up making the roster. And then we've got room for, you know, eight to 10 guys that we draft that will make the roster. We're going to have some young guys, which is great. That's exciting. We've got five picks in the top 100. All those guys are going to make the roster. And we've mm-hmm. got some really decent picks, you know, after that, that I think we'll, we'll have a great opportunity as well. So, um, yeah, let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is on your favorite podcast platform under Seahawks playbook podcast. You can go, uh, onto our website or follow us on Twitter and all the links are there that you can get to uh, the show on as well as our YouTube channel. We've got a great YouTube channel. If you're watching this show, you already know that. If you're not, uh, go check that out. Seahawks Playbook Podcast on YouTube. And make sure you hit the subscribe button. Sorry. And uh, until next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWCHawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.